Salutations, Woo! and welcome Woo! to the seventh episode of the In the House podcast. Did you think that we would get this close to 20? No, no, I figured we'd be pulled probably in the, around the 9-10 range. Yeah, I kind of, honestly, when we started this, I kind of figured that somebody at some point would be like, hey. You guys need to stop that. You can still do this, but we're not putting this on it's the like, uh, <laughs> It's like... Uh, from the office when uh, oh yeah Creed, Creed thoughts yeah uh, it's even for the internet it's shocking yeah so uh, yeah that's us but no they they've let us carry on and now the, we're at seventeen the runners of the internets have allowed us to continue strangely and we are on to seventeen I am your host Evan Floyd I am crazy crazy excited to be here tonight because uh, we've got no guests nothing no guests nobody now. I may have booked a guest, like a really good guest. Yeah, but you know, things conspire against you, or maybe they listen to the podcast and decided yeah. that this would be a horrendous waste I'm of their time. To believe that life happens. Yes, that's that's a better way of looking at it. Yeah. But uh, tonight we do not have a guest. I want to thank all of the many people who tried to step in as substitute guests and failed. You guys are all heroes, and you will all be on the show eventually, as will our uh, our canceled guest for tonight but that's fine so tonight andy and i will trudge on on our own so you only get the two of us this is the third time we've done one yeah without a yeah. some sort of something yeah no no safety net yeah here no safety net it's just us operating sometimes we like doing independently it. and when i say us i do mean myself and my co-host who it's time to welcome in oh thank you he's coming to us tonight live from a sculpture garden in okinawa i tell you if you ever get a chance to go to Okinawa, it's beautiful. Andy Frederick, ladies and gentlemen. I'm saying. Andy Frederick. If he says ever, it's beautiful. It is beautiful. Um, I've never been. But a sculpture garden is very quiet. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so I'm getting a lot of bad looks sure. from people who are trying to enjoy the sculpture garden. but For I'm, podcasting? Yeah. I but, mean, that's but commitment I, to the craft. That's what I'm saying. Like, you, you, this will be here for a long time, okay? Go come back in an hour. Yeah, they got to they gotta know Fine. that you're going to support the team. Exactly. You're going to support your team regardless of the situation. Exactly. Is. And if that means sculpture garden, that's, that's what it's going to be. It is be. very pretty here, though. Andy, uh... We're gonna flip a coin here in a second, but Sweet. how have you how have you felt about the state of the team, essentially a third of the way through the season right now? It would be easy, and I was actually thinking about this the other night. It would be easy to look at where we are and be disheartened. I think, but okay. it's disheartened from a very spoiled point of view. Yes, that's true. That's completely true. You know, like we're we're still so far ahead of like ninety nine percent of the teams. Yeah. yeah, in the league. Yeah, but the last two games, yeah, they were draws, but they were draws from a Louisville City standpoint. Right, and for us, it's like you don't feel good about the draws when it's against. I won't even say bottom feeder teams, just teams that aren't uh, that don't look to be competitive for the for a chance at the cup. Right, this year. right. And uh, so taking two draws in a row has left us feeling a little unsatisfied. But we've talked about, you know, going up against teams like yep. that. It's still, mm-hmm. still have to be on our A game. It's not a reason to let up no. at all. And, and it speaks to the general quality of the USL. I'm not here tonight to have a USL versus MLS argument. There's plenty of time for that. <laughs> yeah. But uh, I think it does speak to the general quality of the USL that on any given night, 
anybody other than yeah. Toronto can give you a game. <laughs> other than Toronto, anybody can give you a game. And, uh, you know, Penn and uh, shoot uh, the team before Penn, the other, the other Pennsylvania team. Yeah. The other name guys. is suddenly escaping me. I uh, Yeah. I all of a sudden have no idea who he... I, I can't even believe this. The away game in, uh, yeah, in Pennsylvania. But no, that Those game. Those other dudes. That, that <laughs> other team that uh, we did not manage to Scouts beat. Scouts is listening to this right now. And like, so furious. So furious. <laughs> zero, zero draw and then a 3-3 three, three draw at home. Uh, why don't we flip that coin and find out if all we right. should be looking forward to our upcoming matches or backward to these two okay. uh, official results. You know, this is the first time I flipped the coin. That's not true. It is. That's not accurate. You flipped. you flipped it once and you didn't even manage to flip it on the table. You remember it slid under the thing and we lost it? Oh, right. Yeah, this is why I'm not sure I trust you any more than I trust Pat McMahon with this a quarter. Is gonna, at least I don't steal them. Jeez. Well, that's that's what Pat. you say. Maybe you flipped it under there so that's you why steal he has it later. The, that's why he has the bun is because he hides small trinkets that he steals from people in it. Tchotchkes, collectibles. We love you very much, Pat. He was great. Here it goes. Oh, my gosh. It's a head. Heads. So we're at what? Now we're at eleven to six. six. Eleven to six in favor of tails. But tonight it's heads, and that means we look forward with a game preview. And tonight, because there will be two games before our next podcast, you get a double whammy Mm -hmm. twofer game preview. Uh, The first game is tomorrow night. We are recording on Tuesday. Uh, Tomorrow night is Wednesday, Wednesday. and Wednesday night we will be facing off in a fifth round open cup match. Against Nashville SC. Nashville SC. We've already played them twice this year mm-hmm. uh, with identical but opposite results. So so this will be the reckoning. This is the uh, the first of the, the reckoning. First of the, yeah. Oh, right. Because we, we play, play them again. one more yeah. time this year. Yeah. So we get, uh, but we get a little palate cleanser reckoning. Mm-hmm. And we get it in Louisville, which is nice because we won our game against them in Louisville 2 0. Yeah. Now that was the first game of the season. Yeah. And they were basically a brand new team at that point. Yeah. So, and we were basically returning the entire USL winning, championship winning team. So you would have had to have figured at home against a new team, bringing back such a, uh, you know, a consistent roster that we had a big advantage and it played out. The first half was a little sloppy. The field was still pretty much garbage at that point. Sorry. Uh, We ended up getting the 2-0 win. Mm -hmm. Luke put one home. Niall put one home. Mm -hmm. It was a good time had by all. Great way to start the season yeah. off. Yeah. And it uh, looked like we were, especially in the second half, we really looked like the much better team. We yes. controlled the pace. We controlled the flow. We controlled basically everything about that second half. And we got the two goals. Great game. Basically the exact mirror opposite of what <laughs> happened when we went to Nashville, where it was coming right off of the Indy 11 loss, which was our first loss of the season. Mm-hmm. And uh, went in and played Indy, uh, played Nashville in Nashville and lost 2 to nothing. On two goals by Lebo Meloto. Uh, Lebo has been on a really nice run of form. Him and uh, his frontline mate, Ropapa Minsa, have I, been they've been really good. Two great names. They are great names. Well, I, I think you have to acknowledge, you know, if you're in Scouse's house, and if you're listening to this, you're in Probably Scouse's house. Probably in You're, you're house, most yeah. likely in Scouse's house. Or at least you're friendly with us. Right. But if you're in Scouse's house, you know how much we love 
learning the names of the keepers. We do. And just hurling insults based on those Consistently, names. Consistently, yeah. Right. So, I've, in that same vein, I feel like you also have to acknowledge when somebody has just an awesome name. Right. Those are two <laughs> awesome names. Lebo Maloto and Ropapa Minsa. They're cooler than our names. They're Andy Frederick and Evan Floyd are uh, pretty, pretty run-of-the-mill kind of names. Pretty vanilla. Yeah, much like ourselves. You're pretty vanilla. I am pretty vanilla. There's, <laughs> there's not any way of getting around that. I am pretty vanilla. It's okay. Uh, but speaking of us loving to yell insults at the keepers, we mm-hmm. will get a return of one of Scouse's house's all-time favorite oh, keepers. Man. Matt Easy Pickens in the house. <laughs> Mr. Pickens, I'm assuming we'll play. Now, a lot of times in open cup matches, you'll rotate in keepers. Yeah. Uh, obviously, we've been playing Dobro in our open cup matches yep. so far. He's done amazing. He has. I, I don't know if I'll expect that to continue because once you get far enough into a uh, open cup, sometimes you'll they bring out your A team a little more. Yeah. Uh, I, I but I don't know honestly whether we'll play Dobro or we'll play uh, Greg in this game. I mean, at this point, I think, like we said, Dobro's done spectacularly in the open cup games. He had the one uh, crisis. He's of done spectacularly. Oh, no, okay. <laughs> he had the one crisis of confidence moment against uh, against DC United. He but. did, but I don't think it's any reason to not play him. I, I no. think you play him and then save Greg and it gives you that chance to play one more American out in the field also yeah. because in the Open Cup you're required to or one more international out in the field. Because in the Open Cup you're required to have a certain percentage of yes. American born players or at least American naturalized citizens. And uh Dodro being American and Greg being Canadian slash Trinidadian Tobagan. Uh that gives you one extra outfield player that can be international. Mm-hmm. And we know that, obviously, we're playing pretty thin, so every opportunity you have to put out an extra player is a good thing out on the field. Uh, so I really don't know if we uh, bring Greg out or if we uh, keep running Dobro out onto the pitch. But I do imagine that we'll be seeing Matt Easy Pickens because he's American and he's their keeper. Yeah. So I imagine he'll be there. And this is now getting to the nitty-gritty of this tournament. Mm-hmm. With the U.S. Open Cup down to just 16 teams remaining. Yeah. Uh, and he, this is... I, I don't ever know how to talk about the finances of teams. And there's an important point to be made, is that if Sacramento were to lose their game, mm-hmm. which I don't know. I, I don't know what their chances are. I believe they play uh, Los Angeles FC. They get to face off against oh, Mark wow. Anthony K. They get to face off against our boy, Mark Anthony K, and uh, LAFC. But if they were to lose, and then the winner of this game would be the farthest advancing USL team, mm-hmm. which means that that team gets twenty-five grand. So by being the farthest advancing team from your division, you get twenty-five thousand dollars. Okay. I don't know if twenty-five thousand dollars really matters to this team or not. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I sincerely don't know what their operating budget looks like. I don't know if that's like you know pocket change to our investors or if that's hey let's invest that straight back into the team and good stuff for everybody i would buy ice cream cakes for everybody yeah one two dollar ice cream cake for the entire crowd enough for everybody to have at least three pieces of ice cream cake okay ice cream cake is delicious it is but it's hot outside that would be very melty very quickly or would you like rent out a hall well yeah i mean i'd like yeah so like an ice cream cake party yeah. Okay. That's exactly. That'd what be one do. interesting use of the uh, of the funds. Oh my god! You put all the ice cream cakes together, and when you put them together, it's the Louisville City Shield. Well, that would 
really I'm not even sure you could get that for twenty five grand if you're talking about the quantity I'm thinking of. I bet you could. Unless I would get planes on the phone. I'm Let's find start out. calling some people. Yeah, call, call, some, <laughs> call some bakeries, man. <laughs> Dairy Queen is on that. I bet they would. So there is incentive to win this game, right. is what I'm saying. Beyond the fact that if you win, you are going to be playing another MLS team. Yeah. Which is either, I believe, going to be the Chicago Fire or Atlanta United. One or the other. And that's that's getting exciting. Because yeah. then you're into the final eight. And if you make it into the final eight, then anything can happen. As we learned with uh, you know our neighbors to the north last year. It, regardless, our next game will be a road game. Mm-hmm. It'll either be in Chicago or in Atlanta if we were to win against Nashville. And I'm in no way trying to be like, oh, yeah, of course we're going to win against Nashville. It's going to be a really tough game. It is going to be a tough game. Nashville's on an 11-game unbeaten streak. Dates back to April. They haven't lost since the middle of April. I mean, that's two months where they don't even know the cruel taste of defeat. In our defense, we haven't lost since we lost to Nashville, and that was over a month ago. Mm -hmm. So these are two teams that aren't used to losing, Mm -hmm. coming in, Ready to play. The yep. stakes are high. It should be a good game. It should be. I'm Lynn's, bringing my dad. That, oh, Frank's going to be in the Frank, house? Fr- the, fr- if you don't know my father. Frank Frederick. He's kind of a legend. He is. <laughs> He's, hide, hide your women is all I yes, can say. Hide that's them. all you can say. I don't. I, I must be the Jacob Dylan to his Bob Dylan. You just really like are. a legend producing just a complete disappointment. <laughs> but a complete disappointment who has a mildly successful regional podcast. Well, like one headlight. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> All right. All right. So Nashville will be a fun game. Uh, I'm expecting that the midfield is going to have to come out and play the biggest role in this game. Yeah. Uh, we'll get into the game reviews and talk about what has been happening, but I'll just say that I think that in this particular game, we're going to need the midfield to really own and control. Yeah. I liked that we subbed Paolo out for a little while in the yeah. last game. So Paolo got a little chance to rest some legs. I think he played every minute of the season thus far. And so he got a chance to come off the field for a little while. That's useful. Right. Uh, Speedy still playing consistently. Mm-hmm. We're going to need both of them to really dominate the midfield. And I don't care. I don't care if they are feeding brilliantly forward. Mm-hmm. I do care that they disrupt what Nashville wants to do. Nashville's yes. got a lot of speed, and if they can play uh, from the back to the middle to the wings, that's dangerous, which yeah. means that we got to shut down that to the middle aspect of yes. it, and that's where Paolo and Speedy come in. Uh, just, you know, play physical, play fast, play smart. Mm-hmm. Uh, expect them to be huge in this game. Yeah. I'm also I'm, – oh, yeah, I tell you, I'm a little – Strangely, I'm more comfortable with playing them again after a loss against them. Okay. Because now it's because it gives us that learning. You're not taking anything for granted. Exactly. I imagine that you'll see the back three come out really amped up to shut down yes. that pairing that I've mentioned already. Yes. I think that uh, Mensa and uh, Meloto... Are going to get a lot of attention from yeah. from, and I'm expecting yeah. it to be Pat, Sean, and Paco again. Yeah, and if it's those three, I'm expecting them to get to pay a ton of attention. Oh like, yeah, nothing well, behind you. Yeah, because now they know to like now they yep. know basically what their general idea. Yeah, to run a game is sure. Know? So now they're expecting it. Sure, and then you just hope that it, uh, play play holds up. Mm-hmm. Now the question will become, who's our striker? So. 
Ilya played a great game. Yeah. And we'll get, again, we'll get to that in the game review. But Ilya played a great game, scored two goals, had mm-hmm. an assist. As, about as much as you could possibly hope for from Ilya Illich coming off of uh, being the only striker on the yeah, team. Fourth Lightning. So he did. He got a fourth Lightning, which was great. Mm-hmm. Uh, the fear is that if he's going to have to play five games in 14 days, that's a, that's a lot to ask of a guy who, not limited minutes, he just hasn't he hasn't seen the field as much as no. Luke and Cameron have when they're healthy. Uh, so that lends to the question, is Cameron healthy? We know Luke's not playing. That's out. Uh, we just heard from Coach O'Connor on his press conference today that Ballard is not ready to go and that he is going to make a, a day of decision about Cameron. Ugh. It sounds to me like they're hearing from the doctors that he probably can go. He mentioned a percentage. He didn't give us what that percentage was, but that they've probably told him that he's, you know, 80%, 75%. Yeah, I'd give I don't it know. 70s, 80s. Yeah. So uh, the question then becomes, with a dislocated shoulder and mild concussion symptoms, uh, is he ready to go? He skips this past game this past week, so that means that he's had, mm-hmm. you know, 10, 12 days. Mm-hmm. I don't know, man. Uh, Illich played really well. I thought that when they were all out there together, that the front three of Magnus, Ownby, and Illich played well as yeah. a collective. Yeah. Um, I don't know if you want to change tactics up to play against a team that you've already seen twice, show them something different. I don't know if you want if maybe Cameron can come out and give you twenty great minutes at the end of the game. If you say let's hold him in reserve yeah. and run him out there, but by that same token, sometimes if you've got an injury risk, you want to get him out there early, see how much you can get from him, and then pull him so that you're not forced to make two subs because you don't want to send Cameron out there in the seventieth minute. Mm-hmm. He plays six minutes, realizes he can't go, and then you've got to make another sub I mean, for that same position. Sub, yeah. Exactly. So. I, I really don't know which direction they go with this here. Or, I think you make the gamble. Do you? Yeah. I, he's I think been he so hot when he's been on the field. I think you make the gamble. Yeah, I think he had get goals in three consecutive games before uh, being hurt in the game against Bethlehem, who I've now remembered the name of the team that we oh, played. Oh, yeah. I hate those guys. Yeah. Now, in the 0-0 draw against Bethlehem, he uh, suffered the injury. But he had scored in three straight games up until then, so Cameron has been on great form. If he is good to go, I think it's hard not to put him out there. But well, like I mean, I how say, much do you need your shoulder? But <laughs> uh, if you ask Mo Salah, it turns out quite a bit. But uh, we'll get to the World <laughs> Cup here shortly. Um, I thought that Ilya played well enough to earn his spot, and I've got no objection if they want to run and uh, run him out there as the right. primary striker. I don't think that you uh, are desperate to see Cameron for us to be able to get a win. I think you can get a win perfectly well with uh, Ilya. Uh, but I also think that Cameron's been our primary striker for a reason. Yeah. Uh, and he brings something to the table that maybe some of the other players on the team don't. So that's mm. that's that's all. I hope Cameron is available to play. And then I trust Coach O'Connor to make the right decision about when and how to play him. When I, one, then this has nothing to do with the, the portion of the show that we're in, but it just occurred to me. Mm-hmm. One of my favorite things, and I think about this every game, one of my favorite things this season specifically mm-hmm. has been watching Oscar. Sure. Because he's so good just like flying up the side. Like I feel bad for anybody who's mm-hmm. on him. Like I feel terrible for them. I get that. Because he's going to make a fool out of you. Yeah. But every now and then, every now and then, instead of like setting something up, mm-hmm. He gets this gleam in his eye. He does. And he's like, you know what? 
I'm taking this shot. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's and that's I think that I, I frequently lump Kyle and Oscar into a uh, a similar basket for how they play. Yeah. Because they both play that wing back position. They're mm-hmm. both making overlapping runs. They're both whipping crosses in. They're both trying to form triangles with you know Paolo, Speedy, and whoever the front midfielder is. They're doing a similar job, but they do it in very different ways. Yeah. And Oscar, I generally feel, is the much bigger scoring threat. Yes. Uh, because every now and then, Oscar decides, like you're saying with that glint in his eye, to skip the last pass yeah. and go to the corner of the 18-yard box and let one fly. Yeah. You don't see that often from Kyle. No. Uh, I think that you know it's just different styles of play. I also think that Kyle is the more dependable defender than Oscar is in terms yeah. of getting back on a play, Absolutely. being able to actually foul up uh, runners from the other side. Oscar is not bad at it, but I think Kyle is, I mean, he's played in that back line position for us as one of the back three, and you know that he they trust him as a defensive player, whereas Oscar, I think, would be more likely to go up and play as an attacking mid if you were to switch his position around yeah. than he would to come back and play one of the back line positions, and that's just, you know, who they are as players. I do, though. I lump them in together frequently, Mm -hmm. and that's not fair to either of them because they both have their own skill set. Right. And you're right. Oscar, every Every, every once in a while, about twice a game, he goes, he's like, you know what? I could play this ball into the corner (laughs) and let, you know, George run onto it. Mm -hmm. But instead, I'm going to beat this one dude and have a rip. It's got to be a good tactic though like absolutely because that all of a sudden that person okay what's he gonna do though? yeah like you is have he to, gonna set something up or is he do i need to worry about him just like cutting inside taking yeah. a shot on this because yeah and you can't predictability is the enemy in soccer when the other team knows what you're gonna do and how you're gonna do it exactly every time then that's how they can start stopping you. yeah it's one of the reasons why we're seeing so much high press against Paolo and speedy mm-hmm. is because teams know we want to develop through the middle we want to be able to then play to those overlapping wings and you can't do that if they're shutting down our middle and uh, that's and that's what we've been seeing a lot of defenses do to us which is why I thought the DC United game was such a great revelation mm-hmm. because we skipped the we skipped the middle pass. We would just have them go straight over the top to uh, Ownby, who beat the living crap out of their poor left back, and they he beat him over and over to that corner, and then got to decide: Do I want to cut in here and try to take my own rip, or do I want to cross one over and try to hit uh, you know Cam or whoever mm-hmm. coming down the other side? Yeah, Oscar for his sweet goal. It's. Stopping predictability, which is makes the difference between being a really great attacking side and not as much. I thought in the Bethlehem game, we were pretty predictable. We did the same things over and over, and it didn't pan out. I thought in the D.C. United game, we were unpredictable and dangerous. And I thought that in the first half, we'll get into it, but in the first half against, uh, against Penn, we really mixed things up nicely. And in the second half, the creativity sort of faded away. So... What do you got? Score tomorrow night. Are we moving on? Yeah. We're moving on, according to Andy. I think we're moving on. Okay. Um, It will be a struggle, though. Okay. You can't deny that Nashville's a good team. Yeah, they they are. They're a good team. Um, I currently think that it's I think that we're the better team. I agree with that. Because, and we've said it a thousand times on this podcast is, you know, we don't roll deep, but what we've got, money. 
is dangerous. It's money all across the field. Doesn't matter you sub in. Yeah. Because whoever that is, they're going to cause problems. Yeah. So I think it'll be a struggle. Um, but I enjoy watching the. I mean, obviously, I enjoy watching U.S. Open Cup, but I think we see a different version of us. Okay. Sometimes. Yeah. Um, they seem to rise to the occasion for big games. Yeah, and I think we do. I think we do one nothing. One nil. So you think that it'll be a, a real struggle to score? All right, who's going to get that goal? For I us? think it's going to be a corner. I've heard you predict that before. I know. Yeah. Um, and the one time it worked out for me. That's true. So um, who you who you got? Uh, you got pounded at home. I think Oscar whips it in. Whips it in there. And then strangely, okay. <laughs> I think Alexi is just in the right place. Wow. At the right time. That would be uh, that would be interesting. I personally don't think Alexi is likely to start. So if he does play, he'll probably be coming on late. And uh, if that is the case, then I hope that you're right. I'm sticking with my gun. I, I, think. I think, weirdly, Alexi is just there, and he's like, you know what? I'm putting this on my time. Well, we watched video of him playing at Bowling Green State, and he was very dangerous in the air. He, he got on the end of some goals for that team, and most of them were on set pieces like that. So I don't think that it's a bad prediction. I think that uh, the only issue you might run into is scarcity just because it's possible that he won't play. But beyond that, I like it. I like it. So I've got no issue with that. I've got us winning 2-1. to one, mm-hmm. And I think that we get the second goal to win in extra time. We don't go all the way into PKs. But, but just in extra, in extra time. time. I think it's a 1-1 draw. Uh, we go into extra time. And mm-hmm. uh, I've got the game winner going to... Uh, I've predicted this before, but I, I still I think it's going to happen at some point, and I'm predicting it now again. Speedy, I think Speedy, when we draw the defense to the corners, mm-hmm. which is what Ownby is so good at doing, mm-hmm. is putting a defense off balance yeah. and creating space in the middle for our guys to work. I think you see a whipped in cross from Ownby take a deflection or get punched down by Pickens or something. And it falls to about 20 yards out, a completely wide open, unmarked Speedy who picks out a corner and slots it home. 2-1 victory for the good guys. We march on into the sixth round. I'm still waiting for for the glory shot. I know you for, are. I, I hope it's going to happen. It will. It has to happen at some point. It will. Paco gets up there. I have complete faith. He, it's, it's ridiculous. He will get a goal. We did see... Uh, Paolo get his first goal of the year yeah. last week. So we uh, we know that the team is starting to slowly chip away at that every guy must score. Uh, we're getting there. It'll get there. Uh, it's a long season. It is. And we're, like I say, about a third of the way through it. Mm-hmm. We, got a, we got a lot of soccer left to play. Thank God. <laughs> and one of the games that we have to play is the game against uh, North Carolina on Saturday the 27th, 26th? Something like that? 25th? 20, yeah. Yeah. This Saturday. This one. Yeah. We're going to going to North Carolina for this game. Now, North Carolina has been a legit bottom feeder. I think they've got 14 points in 13 games. That's not much. I think that uh, this was a game 
this is not the reschedule of the game, but this is a game where we were originally going to play North Carolina our second week of the season. Mm-hmm. That game got canceled due to bad weather, and now uh, we're going to we're going to see them for the first time now. Uh, they've got some they've got some dangerous pieces. Mm-hmm. Uh, Daniel Rios has six goals already on the season, and that's that's legit scoring right there. I think that's about as many as uh, Cam's got. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's a that's a real score. Uh, they have got a guy in the middle of the field. Their number ten is Kyle Becker. He is dangerous. He uh, he's kind of the two games I've watched them play. He's mm-hmm. played kind of like a false nine, where he plays right behind the striker. Oh, okay. And he is dangerous. He is good hold up player and also creative. He's big and strong mm-hmm. for a number ten, but also uh, very clever with the ball. I've been impressed with Kyle Becker. I like Kyle Becker. Their keeper is another Scouse's house all-timer, which is Alex Tambakis. <laughs> Tambakis. Uh, we uh, we uh, other than occasionally calling him Tampax yeah. and uh, something along those lines, we've never come up with a truly stickable nickname for no, him. It's... We mostly just yell his name as though it yeah. is, as though it is an insult because it's that unfortunate of a name. Like, yeah, it's not even Tambak. It sounds like a skin condition. <laughs> Like, oh man. <laughs> I went to the doctor, he said I had tambacus. I've got damn tambacus all over my shoulders. It's disgusting. <laughs> got a cream for I've it. got an ointment and I'm hoping this <laughs> tambacus will clear up because otherwise I can't oh. go it's beach season, man. I've I can't got, go to the beach with tambacus. I've got tambacus, so you should get tested. <laughs> yeah. Sweetheart sweetheart, I've got something important for you to know. Before we go any further, yeah. I, was t- I don't want you to take anything off and be surprised when I show you my tambacus. Oh, so it's pretty foul. Nobody, nobody wants that. And so you really just yell his name at him as though it is an insult all by itself. I feel like he's probably that's. What if that's been his entire life? I imagine it has been. Is people? How like, could it not be? What's your name? Now it is a Greek name, and so yeah. if he is like Greek Greek, and I don't know the answer to this, if he is like Greek Greek, then I imagine it wasn't that insulting no, in Greece. Probably. Like if he is American Greek. I imagine he's been mocked for that name pretty consistently. So either we're being horribly racist. That's always a possibility. Or that's a that's a risk you run when you mock somebody's name. Yeah, we're and pretty good about it though. Sure, we're pretty good. Again, more along the skin condition stuff than that. Yeah, we, we have nothing against the Greeks. No, They're a lovely people. Democracy, man, come on, that was their we're idea. Scouse, we're inclusive. Scouse South absolutely is inclusive. We love absolutely. everybody, and uh, you know. The Greeks, they've given us a lot of good stuff. They have. I'm not a fan of geometry, but that was them. I mean, Somebody you know, had to do they, it. I guess. So good stuff from the Greeks. And Alex Tambakis is a perfectly serviceable keeper. He doesn't stand out as one of the, the true like stunners in the league. Mm-hmm. But he also is no slouch. He's not going to give you any howlers. He's not going to just let something in. Uh, he doesn't particularly like us. He's another one of them. Uh, he's another one of the guys that just pays us zero attention whatsoever. Yeah. No acknowledgement of our Which existence. just makes it worse for him. It does. Understand. Or maybe he truly is of that level of mental toughness. He's not. Okay. I mean, and we generally have beaten Alex Tambakis' teams. Yeah. I believe that he was a St. Louis keeper before Ooh. this. I believe. Uh, I don't, don't, don't quote me on that. I'm going to. It, don't, don't do it. But uh, he, uh, not a bad keeper. And this team, the two games I've watched, I thought that they looked. 
young mm-hmm. and hungry. Mm-hmm. Uh, Rios, and then they have another striker that they'll rotate in and out, uh, Lomas, and he's pretty good. I think he's got four goals on the season. So, I mean, they're used to they, – they, that's two real goal scorers. Now, after those two, you're not getting much. There's not been a lot of uh, goal-scoring production, uh, and that is evidenced by the fact that they have managed 14 points in 13 games. Mm-hmm. But they are – they're it's an away game. We have just proven in two away games against teams that by record and uh, reputation we probably should have beaten mm-hmm. and didn't beat either of them. We've proven that you can't take any team lightly. No. And uh, North Carolina, it's it's an expansion team for the USL. They were a uh, they were an NASL team last year, uh, and so there's not there's not any familiarity, there's not any uh, animosity between the two teams, nothing like that that should be should be notable. Uh, I just hope that we can come into that game fresh, uh, maybe bring some momentum from the Open Cup match in. Uh, we haven't been carrying our momentum forward. No. Like, we'll have a great game and then sort of a letdown game. And then a great game and then sort of a letdown game. And again, wins and draws, so it's not like we're getting beat 8-4 or anything like that. Yeah. It's just... Like you, I said, we're just spoiled. You, you want to see some wins piled together. I've talked about this a couple of times in the last month, that this is the time of the season. You don't want to just try to kick it into gear in mid-August mm-hmm. when there are nine games left, or seven games left, and you're going, whoa, Right now we're looking at the three seed. We don't want to be the three seed. You don't want to have to kick it into gear at that point. So uh, now's the time against teams like this to get some get some points. Yeah. And so I hope that regardless of what happens in the Open Cup match, that we find a way to get three against North Carolina. And I think whether we get a fun, yay victory against, uh, against Nashville this week, mm-hmm. or we suffer a tough damn it loss mm-hmm. to Nashville this week. I think we take whatever it is out on North Carolina. Right. I think we finally get that drubbing win yeah. that we've been looking for. I've got us winning 4-1, and then I've got a forked lightning for Brian Ownby. Really? Yep. Two goals for Ownby, 4-1 victory. That's my prediction for North Carolina. I'm saying 4 nothing. 4 nothing. So you think also quite a few goals on our way. 4 nothing. All right. You got one goal scorer for us? OJ. Oscar him. I think this is one of those games that he's going to be like, you know what? I'm doing this. I'm beating this guy. Well, he is one of the guys on the team that you do feel from time to time can just beat a guy with quality. Yeah. That it doesn't have to necessarily be great game planning or awesome ball movement that Oscar can go, no, I'm I'm better than you. I'm going to go around you right now. Yeah, and so which One we the, don't have a lot of. A lot of our guys are sort of system guys that you don't yeah. think. Hey, you go beat those guys. You play. You think that O'Connor's got to set something up that we mm-hmm. have to execute our game plan. Every now and then, it's nice to just be able to say, "Here, Mark Anthony K, dribble past these three guys and yeah. score us a goal." But we don't have a lot of that this year. No, but Oscar's that a little guy. Bit. Oscar's that guy who's like, "No, you're not going to beat him. <laughs> He's faster than you." Right. Right. <laughs> Well, I think that I'm hopeful for that. So we've both got two wins for us, shockingly. Um, I've got uh, I've got us two one, and you've got us one nothing in the Open Cup match, mm-hmm. and I've got us four one, and you've got us four nothing mm-hmm. in the uh, match against North Carolina, which would be a really good one to win. Take your feelings about the Open Cup out of this. Mm-hmm. It's always fun to advance in a cup competition. Yeah. It would be great to play another MLS mm-hmm. team. 
what if we make a run? I mean, that's yeah. so tantalizing. Yeah, but, but in a way, I feel like there's very much, for me at least, there's this sense of like, okay, but if we lost in the Open right. Cup. I'm not going to lose too much sleep over it. I'm not going to be super upset. It was just like this extra thing. And it's a, this awesome big yeah. extra thing, but it's an extra thing Got that has nothing United, to do yeah. with our regular season. Which we're trying to defend a damn cup. Yeah. So let's go get it. So and there would be there would almost be a sense of relief. Like, okay, can we we can focus now. We say that now, but man, if we beat uh, oh, Nashville, no, yeah. we're going to be going freaking nuts. Wait, we're going to be so excited. I, I'm already in my mind... Working out arguments to make to my wife that I need to go to Chicago or Atlanta for a round of eight game. A round of eight game? And neither of those is like undoable distances. Chicago, no. Chicago is what, a six-hour drive? Five. Five? Atlanta is what, an eight-hour drive? Seven? Seven and a half. Yeah, seven. You know? Those are doable games. I could take a half day off of work the day before, or the day of and the day after. I'm just saying, I'm already, if if we were to get a win, I'm, I'm percolating some arguments about yeah. going to that game. Scouse's House Leadership Group, take note. I may uh, may impose upon you guys to help us set up a bus. Maybe we hop on with some Coopers, make something happen, get a real crowd out there. If if we happened to get past Nashville tomorrow. Just, just floating it. Yeah. Floating it. All right. That's our game previews. That was a good one. Huh. I think we previewed the hell out. We previewed two games. I mean, yeah, covered was... some covered some tactics, covered some personnel. Yeah, got to cover our team. I yeah. mean, you know, we did it. And now, unfortunately, we have yeah. to go to a game review where we will discuss what happened this past week against Penn FC at home. Games at Slugger. Everybody's getting amped up. We brought a few newbies to the game. Yeah, Everybody's did. having a great time. We tailgated a little bit. You get in, you get your seats, you got your beer, you got your hot dog, you're doing the thing. Mm-hmm. And then before I got to, uh, uh, you know, the children are merry and bright yeah. in my old Kentucky home. Goal. Goal against us in front of Scouse's house. It was so strange. Like, it, was it was such bizarre. a weird, like, because everybody just stopped. Mm-hmm. So, and, he, like, even the play, like, Greg just stopped. Yeah, everybody was just, just like, stunned. what just happened? <laughs> like, dang it. I, I think it was officially 15 seconds in, maybe 14 seconds I, in. Yeah. But, uh, I mean, you know, it was a funky through ball played in the air. It bounced a couple of times. Uh, Paco misread it. Alexi misread it. Greg misread it. And suddenly you've got him tapping in a little uh, goal from like two yards out. It was uh, it was poor play. It was bad attention to detail and bad luck. Yeah. I mean, the, in, there are about eight things that could happen on that play that would have kept them from scoring, and none of them yeah. happened. And they no. put one in the net. I mean, they it. didn't. You could tell they didn't expect to no. score. Like looking at them, they're like, whoa. <laughs> it, it wasn't a super promising buildup. It wasn't like the guy was making a sweet run and they played no. an amazing through ball. They 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 booted it up the field. Uh, Paco made a late break. Alexi recovered late, mm-hmm. and Greg got caught in no man's land between do I come out and get it or do I stay back and defend it? And they got a goal. It sucks. 14 seconds in, and it really it put a damper on the game from go. Then the rains came, yeah. and then it poured on us for 12, 15 minutes. It was such a strange first half. Like mm-hmm. it was just so weird. <laughs> the first 25 minutes of the game, I don't feel like anybody felt. 
no. anything positive really going on. Now, I, I say 25 minutes. I think we actually did score our first one 23 minutes in, so I don't remember the specific time. But mm-hmm. we got it back reasonably quickly. Right. And uh, Paolo, really nice goal. I mean, he cranked it. That's mm-hmm. There's no there's no complaints about the way he took that goal. No. He, uh, uh, nice to see him get on the board this year and uh, really hopefully gets his confidence and his juices a-flowing. We then controlled the rest of the half, controlled it. Just uh, everything looked like it was coming easy to us. Uh, there was nothing really coming at us in attack. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the midfield played well. The attacking from Ilya was strong, yeah. and that was evidenced by him putting in two goals, one mm-hmm. of them on a sweet assist from the Hulk Yeah, on a great ball being played from about 45, 50 yards out. Yeah. Which, by the way, I just want to say this, and I think I even said this to you at the game. Somebody else, and it's like down from Scouse's house, started screaming Hulk at him. Yeah. And I was like, we started That's that. us. I just that's want a, that. That's, we did that's that. That's a thing. Uh, I, I feel like it hasn't migrated across the field yet. It will. But dare to dream, because the guy liked the nickname, and we're, we're, we're playing it up. We should so. start bringing those fake Hulk hands. I would love that. Paint them purple. Oh, my God. Oh, What? What? On it. Yeah, somebody who has some arts and crafts skills get making some Hulk hands, some purple Hulk hands. All right, but no, Tosh with the great assist. Uh, Ilya finished it clean, mm-hmm. and then he gets another goal right before the end of the, right before halftime, and you're feeling good. It's three yeah. one. You feel like okay, that first goal was a blip, yeah. no big deal. Well, it we was got that, this. You felt like you know what? They got that goal on us, and now they're pissed. Mm-hmm. Now we're mad. And now we're going to punish them. And it looked like it was going that way. And we punished them for a solid 28, 30 minutes of that second half. It was it was really good soccer. They played well. They were creative. They were fast. They looked engaged. And uh, they looked like you know the back line wasn't giving anything up anymore. I, frankly, after that mistake, I thought Alexi played really well. Yeah. Um, in the second uh-huh. half, man, it just... We felt listless. Crumbled. We felt listless. Uh, the attack basically faded to nothing. Yeah. It was sort of like they thought, all right, we've won. 3-1, yay. Yeah. Congratulations, us. I forget who, who said it, but when we were walking out at the end of the game, somebody was like, yeah, man, you don't. All they were doing was defending the win. You don't yeah. defend the win. You no. keep trying to. You go get a win. You keep yeah. going for it. Well, and here's the thing. I don't have any strong objections to parking the bus when you're up 3-1. You got a three goal to one lead, and there are soccer coaches who've made millions and millions of dollars from teaching their players to fade back, mm-hmm. defend, defend, defend. But our defense didn't look very good. No. Was the problem? If you're going to do that, everybody's got to be sharp has to on work. it. And it was it was probably the worst half that that unit has played all year. Yeah. Uh, one thing that I haven't heard mentioned yet, but may have been. By someone, we took Ownby out with uh, in the fifty third minute. Mm-hmm. Now, I got no problem with that. He's we got a lot of games to play in a short period of time. We need Ownby to be fresh. Mm-hmm. We need that. I have no issue with Brian Ownby coming out of the game. Fifty third minute. We never threatened again. We never threatened again. Uh, it, it hurt our attack, and I don't think there's any other way to look no. at it. It hurt our attack. All three goals scored against us also came after that point. 
Uh, and, you know, I don't blame you. You take out a guy who's super important to your team for the year when you've got a two-goal lead in the second half, and he's got to play a huge role in this game against Nashville coming up midweek. Mm-hmm. No objections. I, I understood the mentality. I talked to Jordan Cooper at halftime. Uh, so, hello, Derby City Ultras. I talked to Jordan Cooper at halftime, and I said, I'll bet they bring him out at the 65th minute. And he said, I bet he doesn't even play the second half at all. And then it turns out they brought him out sort of right in between those two. Yeah. 53rd minute, he comes out, and uh, then the defense, the defense, the offense disappeared, and the defense just looked sort of phased, which yeah. is not something you usually see then. There was Ew. a lot of chasing. There was a lot of missed marks. Yep. Uh, there were a lot of through balls that don't normally get through on us. And, uh, frankly, I think that if this game carries on for another 10 minutes, I think we lose. Mm-hmm. It was not it was not a good finish to this game for us. Yeah. Also, during that time stretch, I think around the 65th minute, you bring Paolo out, like I said earlier, which I love getting Paolo a break. Dude runs a lot. Mm-hmm. Dude's played every minute of every game for us, I think. That may not be. He may have come out for a little bit in some game or other. Close but I don't it, remember. Though. He's played I mean, a ton of minutes. Yeah. Get him a chance. You know, you've still got a one-goal lead, and it's not like you're bringing on a scrub. We brought on Nile. You slide, you slide Kyle back up into the uh, into the holding midfielder role, which he's comfortable playing. But it wasn't uh, it wasn't sharp. It wasn't sharp. It wasn't good. Um, also, then I guess sort of as a oh gosh, we we've got to hold on to this lead as it started slipping away. You bring on Pat McMahon for Alexi. So McMahon got a little bit of run. I like that McMahon didn't have to play the whole game. Again, fresher, fresher legs. Those are three important players to have not had to play the whole game that right. will be ready to rock right. on uh, Wednesday. But it, it never coalesced for the guys. And uh, you, you, drop, you drop the two goals, you walk away with a draw, and it felt like a loss. Yeah. It wasn't a loss. We still get the one point. We didn't lose, but it was the first time we didn't win right. in Louisville. Every other game we've played in Louisville this year, we have yep. won outright. This game, a draw. And a game against a team that, frankly, doesn't belong drawing us at home. And so, yeah, you feel you feel a little wonky a, about it. It was a kick at the Ghiblies. You also feel a little wonky about it coming off of a 0-0 draw the week before. Yeah. So you've got two games against two teams. You felt like you probably should have at least gotten four points out of that, and yeah. you get two. And it doesn't help that Cincinnati also won their game, so you're uh, farther behind in the stand in the standings than we were on the, going into the day. Right. Yes, we've got games in hand. Yes, we could very well win all three of them and put Cincinnati in our rearview mirror. Mm-hmm. But we haven't yet. No. And you got to go out and win those games. And this was a winnable game, and yeah. we didn't. It wasn't just a winnable game. It was a game that we thought we had won, and we didn't. No. It's, it's, it's tough. We needed it. We needed I, that game. I think Ilya won man of the match for the game, deservedly so. He played very well. He got his two goals. But did sort of fade into the background in the second half. But... Half of that is there was no balls coming to him in the second half. No. So we barely we barely touched the ball on the offensive half in the second half of the game. There was just no possession. There was no creativity. There was nothing going on. And that's – it's a draw. You don't feel too bad on a draw. But it still – it felt funny. It felt like a loss. It did. And uh, you could tell <clears throat> post-game some of the players and Coach O'Connor, all of them, nobody was furious – 
but Nobody, he didn't not specifically pleased about it. Right. He wasn't like uh, his his uh, in the post game press conference. His eyes weren't like bugging out. He wasn't like clearly going to go home and make them run tonight. Right. But he also you know it was just clear that everybody was disappointed, and I was disappointed. I don't have anything else to say about no. that game. There was it was, it was depressing. It was a disappointing. It was about as bummed as I've ever been about a draw. Yeah. It was depressing. Yeah. But again, kudos to Ilya, making the most of his minutes. Yeah. But all told, not a strong game. The second half in particular was as bad as we played in the first half against Indy, uh, as bad as we played in the second half against Nashville, and those were two losses. So but Somebody said, they were like, well, they just got lazy. It might have been me, frankly. They just got lazy walking away from the game. I was like, you know, second half they just got But they didn't get lazy. They just didn't. It was like when you're trying to put two Legos together that don't want to go. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, they, nobody was lazy. It was just, it wasn't happening for them. Yeah. I agree. It's a bummer, man. It's, it's a bummer, man. It's a bummer. All right. Let's move on to purple stuff. Okay. You got your glass? I do. Something for you to be able to cheers. Good guy. Not my fault that you drank all of your uh, purple stuff leading up. It's delicious purple stuff. It's not bad. All right. Purple stuff. Number one, uh, the city of Louisville, Metro government, and the team Mm -hmm. in partnership Mm -hmm. opened up uh, the Beachmont 5v5 soccer field. Yeah. Great development. I think the more soccer stuff there is in the city of Louisville, the better off we're going to be. The more soccer stuff there is in the city of Louisville, the better off yeah. we're going to be. And uh, it looked like it was a cool ceremony, a cool event. I know Tom Farmer was there representing the Coopers. I know that a couple of the players like George Davis were out there opening nice. it up. I saw Coach O'Connor, Mayor Fisher. There was some, you know, there was it was well attended the usual and, and a good thing. And I feel strongly in saying that Scouse's House member, Jay Hindenock, who works for the Louisville government, oh, man. The Louisville Metro Parks Department, played an important role in designing the field. He's kind of a big deal. He is the chief engineer for the Louisville yeah. Metro Parks Department, so if he wasn't involved, he delegated it to somebody else. Yeah. And, and gave his approval. And approved it. So yeah, so thank you to Jay Hindenock, Mayor Fisher, and everybody who was involved. Um I have. I'd like to go out and see it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know that the resurfaced soccer courts have been cool and fun to yeah. see, and I, I think that every little bit of soccer you add into the city only helps. Uh, both people love the game in town, and also uh, people would be drawn into the team in town. Yeah. So, kudos on that one. Uh, number two, we've talked about the fact that we've got five games over a 14-day stretch. This is about as tough of a stretch as you can have. And the, the thing is, if we win the game tomorrow, mm-hmm. then you'll be able to tack on like a sixth game in 20 days or whatever it is, or seven games in 26 days. It's a lot of soccer. And we are thin. Yeah. So we know that Ballard is still out. Um, every indication is that he's getting close. I hoped he was going to be on the bench for this past game. Mm-hmm. He was not. It sounds like he will not be on the bench for this upcoming game. That's a bummer, too. My understanding is that Sean Francis is super close to being fully healthy. That will be helpful. Yeah. Uh, 
Cameron, obviously, is day-to-day still with the injury. It's promising to know that they are weighing whether or not to play him this weekend. Yeah. I have a hunch that if he doesn't play tomorrow, he's not going to play Saturday either. I think that you set him out for a road game. You don't make him go on the road to play. Frankly, I have a hunch that even if he does play in this game, you set him out the following week. Don't make him travel. It's just a a guess. Um, The health situation, though, I mean, Luke, you're still looking at five-plus weeks before he comes back. So you got a while before you can really trust that other striker. Mm-hmm. But you can see distantly a day when the entire roster may be healthy. Now that obviously hopes that there are no further injuries. Right. But you can see that like maybe for, I don't know, the August 5th game, what if we've got an entire roster that's available and everybody's there and everybody's fit and everybody's ready to go? Not even just available. At that point, you're just... They're just hungry. Right. They've they can, sat out there like, you know what, I yeah. want a piece of these guys. I, I, I've got a really good feeling about Richie Ballard. When Richie Ballard comes back, I think he's going to want some. Yeah. Anyway, uh, so that's the health update. Um, the optimism would be to see Cameron be able to play this week. Still five-plus weeks out on Luke. Still uh, day-to-day on Cam and Richie. And it sounds like... Francis is super close to being fully ready. He was on the bench. I feel like we're close to seeing Sean Francis able to contribute. I doubt he plays in this game because, again, he's not American. Right. Except maybe he is American. A lot of these guys who aren't technically American have American citizenship. So maybe he's available. That's my second. That's that's the next piece of purple stuff. The final piece of purple stuff that Mm -hmm. I've got for us tonight is... uh, World Cup action. Yeah. We're in the middle of the damn World Cup. Yeah. This is the preeminent sporting event in the world. Yeah. In the world. And it's going on right now. And I've watched, oh, of the first round, first set of uh, match, match games for the first group stage. I've probably watched 70% of the games in yeah. some in some volume. It's nice being the boss at work. I can sort of yeah, have it on in the I, background. I've watched about 10%. 10%? I understand. Listen. Because the only time I get to see it is, is at whatever bar you I'm happen at to be during at. the day. Sure. If, and, if they have it on. And not drinking at that bar. That's, no, no, no. that's his job. He's not, he's not just like hanging out at bars. Well, I mean, he is. I mean, yeah, but. But you're getting paid to do it. Uh, yes. You're not just yes. some bar dude. Uh, Mexico over Germany. Yeah. Huge. That was that was fun. One Huge. nil victory for Mexico. And uh, I'm not a person who is like super anti-Mexico. I know a lot of uh, American outlaws tend to, because they're our biggest rival domestically for the men's national team here, are just like Yankees, Red Sox. Like, yeah. even if I don't care if we beat them, somebody should beat them. I don't. I don't feel that way. I. I, I think Mexico is a good representative of Concacaf. Mm-hmm. I think the farther they go for our, uh, our division of international soccer, the better off we are. The same way I felt about Costa Rica four years ago. Yeah. Uh, I think it's good for our uh, federation if Mexico does well. I thought it was good, is good, and I'm not specifically rooting for them. But I'm not rooting against them. Right. I like watching underdogs win, and they were an underdog. So yeah. I was rooting for them that day. Against a big team like Germany. Absolutely. And there have been a lot of really good games. Obviously, Spain-Portugal was nuts. Uh, Spain with three goals and 
Cristiano Ronaldo with three mm-hmm. goals. That was nuts. There have been some really good games. I frankly thought that Denmark's game against Peru was about as interesting of a game as I've watched. It ended up one nothing, but it was a fascinating game. It was two cool styles to watch play against each other. Iceland is a great story. Congratulations to them on getting their draw. <clears throat> it wasn't fun to watch. Iceland sits everybody, everybody deep. And it's a winning strategy. I got no mm-hmm. objections to it. But it's not. It doesn't make for, like, appointment viewing for me. Right. Uh, they do the uh, the uh, Viking clap that some other teams have adopted. Iceland, I don't know if they invented it, but Probably. they invented it. Yeah. And a bunch of teams have stolen that, including Cincinnati, who, you know, come on, what what are you doing? The Viking clap. What are you what are you what are you what are you doing? What do you expect from the from the people that kill Harami? I I'm guess just saying. you really you're really still hung up on that. I'm really mad about it. I know you do love your gorillas, though. I you know really that do. Um, no, I, I felt like it's been a really fun World Cup to watch so far. I'm mm. excited to see it keep going. We've got one day, one dang day, June 28th. Of no World Cup soccer between now and the middle of July, July yeah. which is phenomenal. I love that every day I know there's going to be soccer on. Mm-hmm. Now, I get to catch bits and pieces of it while I'm at work, but I always come home and the good games I rewatch and the nothing games I catch the highlights of. Right. So, uh, yeah, it's it's exciting times. England got their win. I'm wearing an England Three Lions jersey today. You are. Um, because we are adopted Scousers, I am uh, I'm supporting England as far as they will go. And also because the name Evan Floyd can't be more British. Mm-hmm. Like, it could try, but it would have to be like, you know, uh, Evan Britty Britterson or something like that. <laughs> so, I, it's not. I'm, Evan Brit McEnglishman. Yes, that's that's me. Um, so, no, go, go, go three lions. Mm-hmm. But it's it's been a really cool cup, and Louisville has taken to it. Uh, there were ratings that were announced, and um, of major American cities, mm-hmm. Louisville ranked in the top five. Wow! Of several of the games for total uh, average viewership. Huh. Louisville. Now you'll remember that the same sort of thing got announced for the horse races. Mm-hmm. Obviously, we were number one for Kentucky. We were number two for the Preakness outside of. Baltimore, right. and we were number two for the Belmont outside mm-hmm. of New York. A lot of people watching those horse races. But we're top five for a lot of soccer games that are happening right now, ahead of MLS cities, ahead of yeah. much bigger cities than us. I think that's cool. I think that's a uh, – I don't know that that's a signal that, you know, people are embracing LCFC or anything like that. I think that it is a demonstration that Louisville is a sports town, mm-hmm. that they are hungry for good sports. Yeah, and so the better product you put out there, the more likely you are to be able to attract some viewership, and it shows that there are people in town who want to watch. Mm-hmm. So let's give them a good game, and they'll watch it. Yeah, well, I mean, when even when you know Louisville City's first season, I think everybody was kind of waiting to see. Okay, but what what kind of crowd is this? What's right. this really going to do? And I think a lot of people were very surprised how many. Soccer fans there were in Louisville that just came out of the woodwork. And it was like, wow, a lot of people have just been waiting for this. Yep, I agree. Uh, I think that this is one of those super missed opportunities. I think if the U.S. men's national team were in this right now. Yeah. And people were getting a little bit nutty about men's national team. I think that would drive attendance at Lou City Games. Oh, yeah. Because I remember being 12 years old for the 1994 World Cup. 
and thinking this was the coolest thing I'd ever seen. And I already played soccer at that time, but I remember how excited I was about it. And if there had been a local team, mm-hmm. I would have begged my dad to take me to see a local professional soccer team play. Mm-hmm. And we're missing that. The 12-year-old kid who could become a lifelong fan yeah. if he happened to be watching Christian Pulisic put in goals right now. But even so, it's good to know that it's on TVs here in town and that mm-hmm. people are, in fact, tuning in. I hope that it drubs up some extra interest because just like the soccer field that I was talking about, every little bit of interest in the game of soccer is only good for Lucid. Yeah. That's everything I've got for uh, Purple Stuff. I think you had one uh, one tidbit about my old Kentucky home you wanted to... Right. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so, Saturday's game... Uh-huh. Because they don't play my old Kentucky home on the big screen anymore. Wah, wah. Which is dumb. It is. We have kind of, the Coopers and Scouse's house had adopted the practice of, at kickoff, hold our scarves up. Right. And we start seeing my old Kentucky home. Well, you bet. this last game got a little weird because in the first 14 seconds of the game, they scored on us. Right, yeah. And when it happened... We all kind of dropped our... We were like, wait, yeah. what? It took us a minute to digest. Like, what's happening? So my question to you is, do we continue to do my old Kentucky home? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Or do we drop it? Mm-hmm. What do you think? I mean, the easy the easy out, my personal opinion, the easy out is just drop it. And be like, you know what? Obviously, it's bad luck. Obviously, no, no, no. And I feel all, like- Based off one game. What I think should happen... Is that we should just keep doing it. Of course. I think that you can't drop it. I think under no circumstances do you drop it. I still, to this day, very much feel like this is a failed experiment, the singing it at kickoff. Mm -hmm. For one thing, you want it to be a full crowd experience. And right now, it's the Coopers singing it really loud. I'm sorry, I don't even want to just sing out the Coopers. It's the supporters group behind the opposite goal from us singing it. Huge group, lots of people singing. Sounds really good. There are a solid 45, 50 people over in Scouse's house who do our level best. Mm -hmm. But A, we never finish at the same time as the Coopers because we can't really hear them while we're singing. And B, it's just the wrong time. It should be up on the big screen. It should be visible. And I'm sorry. It, it, It adds to the team. Go to an MLS game, and I know that a lot of this is corporatified and you know sanitized for fan service. But like, if you go to a Portland Timbers game before the before every game, they saw a tree in half. Right, it's a thing they do. It's a part of their identity. They're the Timbers. They go out there. They do lumber sports. It's a fun thing. Everybody gets excited. A fan gets to have the team sign the stump, Mm -hmm. and somebody walks off with the stump after each game, and that's cool. Yeah, and it's part of their tradition, and they love it. And this should be a part of our tradition. And this should be something that we love and that we do every gosh darn game. Yeah. But it needs to be more than sort of the the 60% that it is right now. Of It's 60% as good as it could be. Right. It was really good last year. They did a great job with yeah. it last year. And I know there are USL regulations that are preventing us from doing it when we want to do it. But it still seems to me like there's a better answer than the way we're doing it. Because, I'm sorry... It's the biggest fans in the stadium who are singing, and the biggest fans in the stadium want to be watching the game while it's going on. I had to go back and watch replays of the goal they scored against us yeah. 
because, yeah, I was watching the game, but I was also trying to remember the dang words to the song, and my scarf was up, and my head was sort of tilted, and I was looking around to see, you know, who forgot to be singing this time, and all of the stuff you do. It's no, no bueno this way. I don't like it. No. I think it can be fixed. I'll sing it whenever I'm told to sing it. I got no problem. But it could be better. So what's your suggestion? I, I think that, honest to goodness, I think that we should do it right before we do the national anthem or right after the national anthem if there are codes of conduct and regulations about this. I think that it should be sung by somebody leading the crowd in the singing of it, and that would get the people going. And I don't care if you've got to bring out a singer before the guys walk out onto the pitch. Fine. But if you have somebody leading the singing of it, it's going to be a bigger deal. Mm-hmm. That's my opinion. Okay. We'll talk, to some, we'll talk to some people. We'll call them. Uh, maybe, maybe we'll take this up with our big guest next week. Yeah. See if, see he, if he seems to me like the person that we should be talking to about that. I agree. I agree. It is not President Trump. It's not. So, okay. That's, that's, that's our purple stuff. That was good. Purple stuff covered. Yeah. All right. Let's banner a little bit. Okay. Because this is something that I've been thinking about quite a bit. Okay. This has been on my mind mm-hmm. as a supporter. Mm-hmm. Now, we are members of Scouse's House. Yeah. Scouse's House is great. Oh, yeah. If you haven't caught a game at Scouse's House, what yeah. are you waiting for? Ugh. Come over. Even if you're part of another supporters group, come over and spend one game over here with us. I'm not saying you're going to change allegiances or anything. I'm just saying it's something you should experience. Yeah. Take in all flavors of the game because right. it's a great time. But Scouse's House. Scouts did all the work mm-hmm. to make us an official supporters group, yeah. and he did a great job. Mm-hmm. We are recognized by the club as an official supporters yep. group. We're on the dang website. We're official. Yeah. What, then, is your responsibility as an official supporters group of the team in terms of your level of support? Right. There has been some Twitter battles. There have mm-hmm. been some concerns, questions, etc., about criticism of the team, mm-hmm. particularly in the wake of this 3-3 draw where we probably should have won. Right. Where do you draw the line between this is my team and I will support them no matter what, I'm behind you 100%, uh, I don't want to be critical, I want to offer as much support as possible, all positivity, all, hey guys, we're behind you, you got this. Coach O'Connor's amazing. All mm-hmm. the players he selected are awesome. Mm-hmm. I mean, we're interviewing players. Mm-hmm. I don't want to be on here criticizing a guy and two no. weeks later interview him. Right. I'm not expecting them to listen to the podcast, but I also want to be able to look at them straight in the face and right. say, hey, <clears throat> this is why I like your game. Yeah. And uh, so I feel like we have a responsibility of positivity. We've stated from the beginning that the mission of our podcast and our supporters group in general mm-hmm. is – Support for the team to create love for the game, mm-hmm. love for the team, mm-hmm. love for the city, mm-hmm. and love for Scouse's house in general. Mm-hmm. But can you create extra love for the team by sometimes saying, you didn't do this well. Right. You need to be better. I'm Here. angry. I'm upset. I'm disappointed. Don't do that. Be better than that. Here's why I think <clears throat> our podcast Mm-hmm. And the way that you and I talk about the team is the perfect answer to that question. Okay. 
and obviously I'm biased, but I what? like honestly, this is honestly I think that you and I handle it the best. Here's why: because there is no doubt our affection for the team, our support for the team, the way that we feel about the team, our positivity toward it, right? Sure. And not even just the team winning, but expressing to other people how important the team is to the city. If you go to the games, how important the team will be to you. Yeah. The sport in general. Okay. But we're very realistic in terms of when we watch a game and then talk about it on this podcast, mm-hmm. what we could have done better. It's never like, oh, this we're not dogging anybody. We never like trash anybody on the team. Like, oh, what's he doing? It's never like that. It's like we've seen better. Yeah. We know this person can do better. Yeah. This last game, our defense should not have played that way. Right. But by the same token... We've spent weeks talking about how great they are. Yes. I think that we fall right in the gray area that a supporters group needs to. Mm-hmm. Because, yes, we, we are a supporters group. We support the team. We talk about the team. We, you know, we kind of, we get the word promote. out. We, we promote. promote the team. Yeah. But we're very realistic about what we expect from the team, what we think they do wrong, and how they can improve upon it. And I think that's how you do it. All right. I, I've got zero qualms with the way you just described it. I have one sidebar tangential question to ask you about that. Okay. We've been good. Yes. Every year of this team's existence, they have been good. Yeah. They've been a threat to win the championship every year. They won it last year. We're going to be in contention for it all year again this year. Right. We've been good. What happens if we're bad? When we're bad, mm-hmm. I'm sorry. I'm not. I'm not trying to rain on any parades. But what happens when we're bad? Because it will happen. Yeah. It will 100 percent at some point. No sports franchise in history has ever existed for decades without no. ever being at but least me, somewhat not good. To me, that's when a supporters group is the most important. Mm-hmm. Because it's easy to be that fair weather fan. Sure. It's easy to go to the games when we're awesome. Like, yeah, it's entertaining because we're winning and yeah. we're like, it's awesome. But down the road, when we're bad, yeah, that's when they need us the most. Mm-hmm. Is to say, you know what, we're not doing great this season. We didn't do great last season, right? But the potential to grow, yeah, the potential to get back, is there. All right, I, that's when I think supporters groups groups are the most important. And do you feel though that when that's happening, that we're going to come on every week and be like? Oh, another tough loss for Lou City. We dropped three goals and uh, uh, bad effort by so-and-so and and bad effort by so-and-so and and Coach Numbnuts did terrible and blah, 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 blah. Or do you think we'll come on and still try to be, hey, we did this really well. This didn't work out for us. They need to improve in this area. Uh, I want to see more of this. I want to see less of this. That's, I mean, you know, Scouse's house, and I can't speak for any of the other supporters of groups because I don't belong to them belong to them or know <clears throat> really their inner workings but like the general attitude of scouse's house is a positive attitude like yeah we're gonna have those shows where we're like yeah man tough one another loss sure. i mean face it we're gonna have those shows where it's like Absolutely. another loss but i think that in general one of scouse's house's biggest strengths is its positivity i agree with that I agree with that. I think that because of what we try to promote in Scouse's House, which is inclusivity, mm-hmm. fun, love, and appreciation for the game, 
appreciation for what a crowd means. Mm -hmm. I think all those things translate well to us being able to maintain a positive attitude. Mm -hmm. I hope we never find out. I hope that, you know, 25 years from now, good Lord, if we're still doing this podcast 25 years from now, but I hope that 25 years from now, we're going to games and sitting in our, you know, co-owners boxes mm-hmm. and, uh, that, and, that, and that we've won 24 consecutive championships right. and we're just like, well, this is no, super yeah. easy. Best case scenario, but, sure. But uh, I also think that, that if the hard times come as they most likely will, mm-hmm. that it is, it is not the, uh, the screaming from the cheap seats hey, you guys are garbage, what are you doing? I paid money to watch mm-hmm. this, and you guys lost that lead, and you guys... And this is not aimed at any one particular person, any one particular group, any one particular anything. I think that every fan base is going to have some uh, some uh, sky-is-falling fans all the time. Yeah. And I'm guilty of it for five-minute stretches, where I'm like, oh, that didn't go well, and I don't see how we're going to improve it. But I think that maintaining positivity is really going to be the... Uh, yeah the order of the day for this podcast and for Scouse's house and for the best future for this football club. Yeah. And I think that you see, you know, the real loyalty of fans. There are teams in any sport out there yeah. who go stretches garbage, just garbage, but there are still fans who would like go to every game and like, what? Yeah, because they care about it, and yeah. they want to see it. Like, look at the Lakers, you know? <laughs> <laughs> Jack Nicholson still goes to every game. Yeah. I, I think that perhaps a better example than one of the most successful sports franchises no, in history they've been is somebody like the Browns, who still sell out their stadium more yeah. games than not. That's a perfect example. And that is that uh, they lose year after year. They usually lose badly, and yet the fans are still passionate but the question is, how are they supporting it? Are they supporting it from a place of positivity? Or are they supporting it from a place of, they've I can't be, believe you're foisting this off on they've us. They've got to be supporting it from, There's got at their core, there's got to be some level of support from a place of hope. Sure. Or you wouldn't <laughs> go to every game. They wouldn't sell out. Like That's like, yeah. those are fans going to every game. Not hope, like just waiting for the day that the Browns are all of a sudden awesome. Yeah. Because in their hearts, they believe it. Which is what they got with the Cavs eventually when LeBron showed up. Exactly. But I think that that's all fair. And I think that every supporter, every supporter's group, and every individual supporter has their own way of showing support for the team. Mm -hmm. And that you're right. That it all has to come from a singular inner core of, I love this team, I want them to succeed. Mm -hmm. But how you express it is going to be different for every person. Some people are going to express that by, oh my God, what are they doing? Right. And some of them are going to support it by, uh, hey, they're doing their best here. Mm -hmm. I'm very much of the nobody picks on my little brother but me school, which is I get angry at anybody else who's critical of the team, but that doesn't mean I'm not occasionally going to be critical of the team. Right. So uh, everybody, support them however you want to support them. If that means that you've got to be angry and crabby and, you know, whatever, then do it. And if, mm-hmm. if you are rah, 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 we're going to be fine, mm-hmm. then do it. And if you want to take that middle road that Andy's sort of laying out for Scouse's house, then uh, do that. Just support the team however you see fit. Mm-hmm. Don't be a Cincinnati fan. No. Bengals Stadium rocking when they're good. Empty when they're bad. Reds, amazing attendance on opening day. Nobody's there in mid-August. So don't be a Cincinnati fan. Mm -mm. But however you want to support Louisville City, then get out there and do it. Because, you know, we'll be doing it. Because at the end of every podcast, we only ever say one thing, and that is, Go Go City. City!